You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, Assault Studios production. Note this down, the Australian Overseas Foundation. If you're vocationally trained, they might offer you the chance to live, work or study overseas. Victorian Automotive Chamber of Commerce's Chris White was fortunate enough to be selected to move overseas for two years to boost his skills and learn from others. In this episode, Chris explains what led to this opportunity, how he lived overseas successfully, and how he was able to apply himself to move through the ranks before returning home. Okay, Chris, so you finished your apprenticeship. What did you do next? I completed year 12, immediately went into an apprenticeship. After the apprenticeship, I stayed on at my current workshop for a few years. I was encouraged to apply and was fortunate enough to be awarded a scholarship by a foundation called the Australian Overseas Foundation. In short, they provide scholarships and awards for people recently vocationally trained, so completing an apprenticeship recently, to travel, live, work, study overseas. And then upon returning to Australia, you reintegrate new skills gained from overseas that you may not have had the off opportunity in Australia. In that first job that you had after your apprenticeship, how long were you in it before you had the opportunity for the scholarship? For approximately two years Post finishing my apprenticeship, I stayed on as a qualified mechanic with my same employer I did my apprenticeship with. Yeah, we did well. We applied our trade. We were very busy. We earned good money. We did good service. Um, we were always booked out. It was, it was good. So, what's a what's a normal day like for a young mechanic? The bread and butter for any workshop for a mechanic is maintenance, so servicing, uh, maintaining vehicles, keeping them safe, roadworthy condition on the road. Logbook servicing would be your main bread and butter, but also repairs, so anything from basic repairs, brakes, suspension, belts, hoses, basic repairs right through to diagnosis and repair, so an issue of breakdown, uh, sensors, those sorts of things. A scholarship doesn't just land in your lap. There's a lot that goes into it. How did you find the opportunity? How did you apply for it? And what was the process like in order to get it? Yeah, it was in one of the local industry magazines at the time, just on the back cover. Do you want to travel, work, live, study overseas for a few years? Apply now. So I applied. It was an interview process with the board. I actually applied the first year. I wasn't successful. I saw the ad the following year applied again. I must have improved. I was successful the second time around and I chose to go to Canada. A few reasons, Commonwealth country, easy to get a visa, uh, English speaking, majority of it, quite similar in a lot of ways, but also quite varied and in a lot of other aspects as well. So I helped set up a new dealership, open the doors, set up the parts and service departments. And I was just a regular technician for the first part. It was a fantastic opportunity, based out of a, a small town just outside of Vancouver, one of the most beautiful parts of the world. And yeah, it was, um, we opened the doors on day one, looking down the street, hoping some customers might <laughs> might show up. By the time I left a couple of years later, uh, business was booming and they're, they're still booming today. Just going back to the scholarship, what was that interview process like? What was the questions that they were asking you? What was the pressure placed upon maybe yourself in order to get it over the line? What you can do, what you have done and what you want to do for your industry moving forward. They were quite focused on the, the future. So upon returning to Australia, where you wanted to go then? They asked you, based on what you said before, where you wanted to be in five years. What was your answer to that question? 
more of a senior technician, uh, more highly trained in diagnosis. Uh, for me, I did an apprenticeship in a small workshop, so I wanted to move to a dealer environment to get new technology, the new industry at the time. Hybrids were the big buzz thing coming out. Everyone was frightened of them, scared of them. The new technology, when they broke down, they always went back to the dealer. No one knew how to approach them. I wanted to learn how to sink my teeth into that type of technology. So that required a lot of extra post-trade training. Towards the end of your scholarship then, you obviously know that you have to come home. How did you start turning your attention towards your next move back here in Australia? Well, whilst overseas in Canada, I was fortunate enough to do a lot of study as I wanted. Uh, So it was further technical training for mechanical technicians. So with Toyota, I was fortunate enough to study in Vancouver and Calgary on numerous occasions. So I was, I had a new skill set that I didn't have before I departed Australia. So upon returning, I was a lot more skilled. Now looking back, a lot more sought after in Australia. When it was time to come back, I decided to stay with Toyota. Close to home, there was a brand new Toyota dealership at the time in South Morang. It only been open a few months. I'd had experience with a brand new Toyota dealership. Unbeknown to me, they needed a, a very good senior technician to steer the ship for many years. And so I rang them up over Skype and introduced myself, told them who I was, and they uh, said, as soon as you land, come and see us. So I, I did. Unbeknown to me at the time, I went in there and I ended up almost interviewing them for the position. Um, I, knew, I knew a lot more about the position than they did at the time. <laughs> so um, I was off, fortunate enough to be offered that position. Uh, which was a senior technician position at the time. But no, I sort of wanted to apply the, the newly gained skills that I gained with Toyota in Canada because it's a worldwide company. There's a lot of similarities. So what I'd just learnt for the last couple of years, learning about the hybrid technology and um, some of the new more in-depth uh, sort of master technician training I could apply. I wanted to finish that and apply that. I wanted to stay in that sort of field at that point in time. It's really interesting what you say about how in that interview when you lobbed back home that you were basically interviewing them. What were some of the things you were asking of uh, Toyota South Morang back in the day? I knew what the job role would have entailed because I'd just done it. I, I just set up a brand new dealership. I, I knew what working in a brand new workshop was like. They're obviously investing in the place, so they're not there for fun. They're investing. They want to grow it. They want to build clientele. They want to attract uh, expertise. Um, I knew what they were wanting to do, so they welcomed me with open arms at the time. What were you saying to them then? You need to do X, Y and Z. What were those things based on your experience? It was for a senior technician position, so it was more around the technical aspects, so some of the shop tools, some of the jobs that they uh, weren't tackling at the time because they didn't have the expertise or the proper tooling or the proper training. So it was um, training for the staff that they had, uh, filling the gaps uh, recruitment-wise for the, some of the staff that they still needed um, and they needed somebody to sort of steer the younger people in the workshop that didn't maybe have much experience with either Toyota or were new into the industry. Do you encourage apprentices coming through to ask a lot of questions? Yes, absolutely. What sort of questions are they? Well, firstly, if you're not 100% sure about something as an apprentice, you should always touch base. Um, if you're 90% sure... That's 10% of the time you're going to make a mistake. That's not a good thing. So unless you are 100% sure, you should always be asking the question or touching base with your senior colleagues. But no, there's no such thing as a silly question in an apprenticeship. As long as you're not asking the same thing over and over and over, but you should always be asking plenty of questions every single day as an apprentice in any trade. From the start to the finish, what did you achieve for them? I was a very productive, very efficient technician. My numbers and figures were 
very welcome by the owners at the time. I did quite well and they honoured that by remunerating me accordingly, which was very welcome. As I said earlier, if you're a good tradie, you will be paid accordingly. But I went through many positions at that local Toyota dealership. I was uh, their master tech. I was their workshop controller, a position I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I tried a fill-in service manager position and I was also uh, front of house as a service advisor for quite a while as well. So I, I bounced around the service department gaining sort of experience in all the different other aspects that I hadn't done before. Talent is obviously a given in this space for you, but what soft skills were at play to enable you to, to do the job effectively? Interest, passion. I, I did have a, quite an interest and passion for Toyota at the time. Aptitude uh, for something I didn't know, I found out the answer myself, so a bit of self-teaching. And I felt I was quite good at leading the team and also communicating. How did you realise your time at South Morang Toyota was coming to an end? Uh, I was comfortable. I'd achieved everything I wanted to achieve. The aspect of the industry that interested me that I hadn't had any experience in yet was training and assessment, teaching others. So I'd just been in workshops. I'd never been anything larger than that. So how did your, you change your career to get more involved in, in training and leadership? Applied for a position here at the VACC eight, nine years ago now. Been here ever since. I just told them who I was, what I was capable of and what I wanted to do and where I sort of saw myself again in five, ten years' time. And so what was that? Where do you want to be in ten years? Or, or, I mean, you're getting close to the end of that now. I wanted to be involved in more industry-wide consultation and, in particular, training, training and assessment, at either at a Cert 2, Cert 3 or post-trade level. I wanted to be involved uh, in new industry, new technology development. That's sort of... That was where I... My trajectory, that's where I wanted to, to go. So what does that look like then uh, for you? You come in uh, nine to five, whatever the, the hours are for your job. What do you do? We employ apprentices. I was in the school-based uh, field manager role, so we employed school-based apprentices in the automotive industry. Um, so kids that were still in year 11 and 12, wanting to start their trade but also wanted to finish school. So they, one or two days a week they left school and they go and work as an apprentice. They're paid by the hour. They go to TAFE every now and again because they are an apprentice. And when they finish year 12, they continue on throughout their apprenticeship. They're already well and truly into their apprenticeship by the, by the time they finish year 12, whether it be VCAL or VCE. I guess you're helping um, apprentices come through, make decisions about where they need to go with their career. I would imagine one of them is trying to get into motorsports, right? That'd be a pretty popular one. What's your... Uh thoughts around Yeah, that. motorsports is, is popular. That's where a lot of the interest and passion comes from. You know, they like watching the supercars or the F1s or rallying or whatever the uh, league they may be into. There are positions in those fields, not as vast and broad as the main part of the industry, which is uh, automotive workshops and dealerships alike and everything in between. So the service and maintenance and repair sector of our industry is a lot larger than the motorsport sector of our industry. Both are fantastic, but it's whatever you're interested in. So it's, it is a great part of the industry, but it is also a, a bit more niche. 
So how would you realign someone's thinking who comes through and they say, I just want to be involved in motorsport and as we know, that's very difficult and there's limited opportunities to try and get them to see that there are other career pathways for them? Uh, look, motorsport is seen more as the pinnacle, the, the, to sort of reach the end point for a technician. Them as an employer, they want the best people for that position. They want the most knowledgeable, the best candidate they can possibly get to join their, their pit crew or their team. And unfortunately a fresh secondary school student with not much experience isn't fulfilling their KPIs that they're looking for in that position. Doesn't mean they won't be capable of, but just not right now. You've got to crawl before you can walk, so to speak. So you've got to learn how they operate, how they work before you can you know, go to the upper echelon of being a mechanic. Have you seen the industry change over the years in terms of environmental and sustainability practice? Electric vehicles are probably the future, long term large scale. Every country in the world is has had that technology for a while, but they're all starting to mass produce it now. The costs will come down. The extended range will go up as technology gets better and better. Most vehicle manufacturers in the next couple of years will be offering pure electric vehicles as part of their range, along with the petrol, diesel and hybrid options. Do you think students coming through need a focus on the electric vehicles to succeed in their career? I definitely feel that they need to, it needs to be part of their repertoire. They need to have exposure to it, not wholly and solely. You don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. But yeah, it'd be good to align yourself with a, a company, a business that does uh, offer service maintenance and repair with electric vehicle. 15 years is going to be the mainstream technology. When you took the job with VACC, you gave them a 10-year plan of what you wanted to achieve. That's coming to an end. So what's the next decade look like for you? Thoroughly enjoying my role currently. So I'm currently employing full-time apprentices. Uh, We all have an area of Melbourne. My particular area is mainly the western region of Greater Metro Melbourne and some rural locations. I thoroughly enjoy all the businesses that I work with, the schools that I get to go and speak with, the students I get to meet and hopefully employ. That's about half of my job description. The other half is um, producing and managing training and assessment resources. So the stuff that the teachers use to train and assess the students with. How important is it to have work experience? Uh, To any school student, Thinking about any trade or any job position, work experience is invaluable. When you hopefully go for a position one day, the first thing you do, you get an employer, someone like me, saying, right, what experience have you got? If you say, I know nothing, I haven't done anything, you're not jumping to the top of the pile. But if you've done a week's work experience, maybe more, maybe multiple, you're going straight to the top of the pile because you've done it, you've tasted it, you've tried it. And the students that are coming through as a percentage breakdown, how many have work experience versus how many who don't? Probably 70% of all secondary school students have done work experience aligned with what they're interested in. They're the ones I want to speak to first because they've done it. They've got some experience in that given trade. It is so valuable for when you are looking for a position. Chris, thank you very much for giving us the benefit of your education and uh, your experience. Thank you, Luke. If you're interested in the automotive industry, take it from Chris. Previous work experience is invaluable. And he's the man who's likely to employ you, so make sure you've got some experience under your belt. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production.